read it to you. Right, let's go to Luke. It's this one. I don't know what I've done with the uh, scripture thing. Oh, here it is. Right, Luke 16, and we're going to read there from verse 1. This is what it says. There, uh, there was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. This is very important to understand this people. And then he goes on and he says, And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you may, uh, you may be no longer steward. So he's removing the stewardship from him. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord takes away my stewardship, and I cannot dig to beg I am ashamed. I am resolved what to do that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called everyone, and we know the whole system where he, say, where he writes off their debt, you know, and he says, write down less, you know. So what he's actually doing is, he is um, he's, he's removing their debt, he's taking away their guilt, you know, what they owed the, the master. And then it goes on, um, I want to find verse... Verse, verse 8, something happens that we cannot understand in the Christian circles. And the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of the light. And I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness. This is very important. The mammon of unrighteousness. That when... You fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitation. Now, there's a lot of truth in this as well. When they fail, that would fail also means die, but it also means when the stewardship is taken away from you, that you will be received in a habitation which cannot be taken away from you, but will, which will be everlasting. Then goes on in verse 10, it says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust in least is unjust also in much. If therefore you have been faithful uh, in, in the unrighteous mammon, uh, sorry, if, if therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you, to your trust, the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Now that is absolutely amazing you know we we've let me just paint a picture of what i have been taught traditionally concerning that verse what i've been taught traditionally was that um we need to bring our tithes to the storehouse we need to give faithfully to the church and if we faithfully give to the church then the lord will entrust to us a greater anointing or take us to the next level and bless us with something more or greater. That is what I thought that verse basically said. And then it says there that, but you know, there were always things that bothered me because it says there that um, the steward stewardship was taken away from him. So now we need to be faithful with our money so that 
And when we give our money to the poor, that's also one of the things I thought, when we give our money to the poor, when the poor goes to heaven, that they will greet us and be happy and thankful. You know, thank you, Bertie, for giving to me. And that they will receive us into eternal habitation, wherein we are now kind of, I don't know how, what we thought when we preached this. I mean, I preached it. It's like, okay, the Lord's going to kick you out. There's no place for you because you haven't been faithful. But be good to somebody who's going to go to heaven. And then, uh, and then at least if, you, if the Lord doesn't want you in heaven, you can shack up with Him. You know, you can live there with Him. And, and you're not just like in secret kind of have a place in heaven because I've been good to the guy that can actually go to heaven. Now that is not what that verse says, you know. It is not what that verse says. And I want you to understand when I'm going to share some things with you today. That, um, you know, and I've, I've received some, some people writing nasty letters to me. Uh, and, and people thinking that I am anti-Semitic. That I'm, I'm against the Jews. Let, let me just say this straight out. I love the Jewish people. I thank God for the Jewish people. I thank God that to them we committed the oracles of God. Our Lord Jesus, when He came to the earth, He was He came in Jewish flesh. You know that is that is what the Scripture says. You know so, and I thank God. I mean, Mary was a Jew. Um, you know the, the whole Abrahamic covenant, the whole descendants of Abraham, all those kind of things. I thank I thank God for the Jews, and even today. We find that Jews all over the world are highly prosperous, uh, blessed. They've got, um, you know, very uh, good ideas on how to advance things and, and all those kind of things. A lot of the, the greatest inventions come through Jewish people. So I thank God for Jewish people. But what I'm about to say might sound as if I am against the Jews, but I'm not against the Jews. And you might say, but Bertie, you know, we are talking about the unrighteous mammon here. We are talking about being faithful with your money. How do you get to the Jewish thing? Uh, how do you get there? You know, this, is, this whole passage is actually all about how God, Jesus was telling the Jews that they, um, they lost their stewardship. You know, they're not going to be stewards anymore of the oracles of God. Um, but that, uh, you know, the, the, the king has now come. The kingdom of God is now there. He even gives them advice in his love for the Jews, telling them how a remnant will be saved, you know. Um, and then he goes on and he even explains to them explicitly how their system can never save them. And he brings in the gospel of faith, of faith and he even uses this whole concept of money explaining to them how they need a savior and how the old system has passed away. This is what this verse is all about, friends. You know, Luke 16 is not about giving money to the local church. Again, I want to say this, and I want you to know this. The last thing that I would want in my heart is if anything I preach uh, sparks rebellion in you, um, sparks something in you wherein you are actually robbed from living a generous life and all those kind of things. We, we are pro-generosity. We are pro-giving. Uh, so please don't hear that I'm, not, that I'm saying you should not give. That's not what I'm saying. This verse speaks, doesn't speak about giving money to anybody. It doesn't speak about giving money. It is impossible 
to connect this church, this verse with money and the local church. There is just no connection whatsoever. There is no connection. Uh, but we've, we've made it, you know, we need to be faithful. If we're not faithful in what is another man's, now what is another man's? No, the tithe belongs to the Lord. The tithe is the Lord's and we need to be faithful in what is another man's. And if we're not faithful in our giving, then, oh my goodness, you know, then God will not entrust to us the true riches. And who knows what the true riches is? It might even be salvation, you know. Um, so, it's like the one guy said, uh, they asked him, do you need to? Do you think you can be lost if you you can go to hell if you don't tithe? He says, "I don't know, but I'm not going to take the chance." Mm. <laughs> oh my goodness! You know that is just that is how far death can take you to a place where your money, giving money to the local church, can can determine or bring, um, make you unsure about your salvation. My goodness. So we have to fix this up in the sense of preaching Luke 16 for what it truly says. Showing what it truly says. Now, what I'm going to show you out of this verse, just and I'm going to just say this before the time, then we're going to look at it and we're going to summarize it again. Luke 16 talks about end, the ending of the law system wherein the stewardship is taken away from the Jews, wherein we are saved by faith, wherein the Jews should take away the whole financial system whereby they thought they were righteous, and wherein the blessings of God was declared to them according to Deuteronomy 28. Um, they need to see people as equal because of what Christ has done, and so they will also be saved. Uh, and then in the end, when we look at Lazarus and the rich man, we will see that it talks, of, it, it explicitly says that the Jewish system cannot save you, but that faith can save you in the presence of the place where the law calls you cursed. So uh, that's what this is all about. That's what this is all about. So you're going to hear an awesome good news message concerning this, uh, um, you know, concerning what Christ has done. Now, um, we, when we start with verse 1, when we start with verse 1, this is what it says. <clears throat> it says, um, There was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he wasted his goods. Whose goods was wasted? The steward's goods or the master's goods? The answer is obvious. The master's goods. So there was a steward, a master, that was very rich. And he had a steward. And then whatever the steward handled did not belong to the steward. It was not the possession of the steward. It was not theirs. It was that of the master. Now, when we look at, um, you know, Romans, when we look at uh, Jesus speaking to the Pharisees, you know, what he is saying to them many times, to the Jews, he says, you know, Malachi 3 especially, he says, I am removing you as my priests. You know, I'm removing you because you're messing up the priesthood and I'm going to send the priest that is of a higher order, which is the order of Melchizedek. And when that new order comes, the Levitical priesthood will fall away. So there will not be a Levitical priesthood anymore because there's now a priesthood of higher order that has even got the power to change the law. 
So here he comes and what he's actually saying to the Jews is he says, you weren't faithful in what I gave you to do. Now the law was given to Moses and the whole uh, 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 Levitical system was passed down to the Jews and they were basically supposed to be the light in darkness wherein two things would be revealed th through the law. One, that the law will reveal, the law applied to man will reveal to man how sinful he is and that he needs a savior. It will show him his inability to have life outside of being united with, a, united with God in the Trinity, in Jesus. It will show him his inability to have God's quality of life by his own works. Now, I don't have time to go in depth into that. I've got a series called uh, The Fulfillment of the Law, Deeper Understanding of the Law. You can go and check that out. Number two, the law written in all its um, types and shadows was a letter written unto Jesus. So that's why we find a, a master who had a steward and this steward had to manage his goods. The goods never belonged to the steward. So what that means is that the law never belonged to any man as a way unto salvation, not to the Jew and not to the Gentile. Now, if I am a steward of that system, what, is, what am I supposed to do with that system? I'm supposed to show what that system shows. That system will show that you are a sinner, that you need a, 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 a somebody to give his life as a sacrifice, that uh, you can never make it, that continually year after year, you know, there has to come so, there has to be a sacrifice, you know, because you cannot do it by your own power. That's what the law had to show. And that's what you had to bring forth by the law. And then we also see in Psalm 40 that Jesus, when he read the law, he said, um, he said, in the, in the book it's written of me. In the scroll it's written of me. Now, if you go and study that out, it says in the heading or in the topic, in the address. It's addressed to Jesus. So, if I'm a, a true steward of someone's property, for instance, say he gives me his house and say, listen, look after this house, what you need to come and do, or look after the office block. So what must I do? I must see that the people pay their rent. I must see all those kind of things. I must do it. But if I go and move in there, you know, and I take it as if it's mine, I say this is my office block. I'm a good steward of it. I, I use it as if it's mine. That'll be wrong. You can never use it as if it's yours. You must always use, use it as if it's the master's. In the very same thing with the law. Uh, when we are a steward of the goods of the master as Jews, let's say, um, talk about Jewish, Jewish people. I'm sure if I go into my history, I'll find a Jew somewhere in my bloodlines, you know, so I can also say I'm a Jew. But, um, so, if, if, if I want to say that I am a steward of the, the law, but the law was written unto Jesus, then I should not try and say, well, I am the Savior. I am the one must, that must obey the law in order to have life from the law. No, no, no. I must say, I'm doing this law, and out of this law I can only conclude, like the Apostle Paul said, that I'm just a sinner. But... 
there, someone has to come of whom this law speak. Because when Paul read the law, he was a faithful steward of the law. In this sense that he would say, you know, this verse about Melchizedek talks about Jesus. And it would take so many types and shadows where it talks about Jesus and talks about the gospel of grace. When we look at the Lamb of God, let us be a good steward of that and not take what doesn't belong to us for ourselves, saying, well, we must sacrifice. No, no, no. It talks about God's sacrifice wherein He gave His life so that we can have His life as a free gift. That is the sacrifice. So let us be a true steward and give to God what is God's. Let us not take what belongs to God and give it to ourselves. Let us not say, for instance, money or tithing, the tithe belongs to the local church. No, no, no. Or to a man. No, the tithe is meat that came to the storehouse and it belongs to God. And when we say it belongs to God, we say the tithe talks about Jesus. It is something when Jesus read Malachi 3, it was written in the, in, in, in the scroll of him. So Jesus read and said, you have opened my eyes. You've opened my ears. I understand. It's not about these sacrifices you don't want any sacrifice oh my goodness I understand you've prepared a body for me all these sacrifices all these laws talk about the body that was prepared for me you know which would be that which will be given the meat to the storehouse which would be the first fruit offering which would be the uh, um, the, the, the scapegoat which would be the lamb slain which would be the the goat that was slaughtered which would be so many types and shadows which would be the blood that was put on the doorposts which would be all those kind of things even you know let's give to God what is God's when you go through the Jordan River and the water dams up to Adam give it to God say this talks about Jesus wherein sin was damned up to Adam and Jesus was baptized into that sin becoming the high priest of man going into the desert being led of the spirit to be tempted of the devil fulfilling Leviticus 16 wherein we are good stewards but what these Jews did they weren't good stewards they were benefiting themselves out of the law they didn't come to the conclusion that they are just sinners in need of a savior they came to the conclusion because God was good to them and gave them money and they were prosperous they looked down on the poor and they made use of this thing called the unrighteousness of mammon. Now why would we call mammon unrighteous or why would we talk about the unrighteousness of mammon? Very simple. Jesus explained the unrighteousness of mammon very clear in this. And this is unrighteous, the unrighteousness of mammon. Why, is, why would we talk about the unrighteousness? Not that mammon is unrighteous, but the unrighteousness of mammon. Do you want to say mammon is unrighteous? I can understand why you would also want to say that and it can also be partially true. Money has got a voice. And according to the Jews, they believed, according to Deuteronomy 28, that if you obeyed the law, then you'll be rich, rich in your house, in your basket, your children will be blessed, everything will be blessed. And it all ended with money. Uh, the voice money has over your life. But what God comes and declares in Jesus in Luke 16 is that the voice money has is always unrighteous. Meaning this, 
if somebody is poor, we would say he's cursed of God. You know, he's poor like the, 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 the beggar, you know, that was at the door of the rich man at his gates, you know, and he died and the, the, the angels carried him to the bosom of Abraham. He went to the bosom of Abraham. Let's say he went to heaven. He went to heaven. He went to the bosom of Abraham, the heart of Abraham. You know, he went to, the, to that which God promised Abraham, which would be life and blessedness. That's where he went. But the rich guy, he didn't go there. Now, to the Jew, that would be impossible to understand. They even said to Jesus, Jesus, if a rich man cannot be saved, who can then be saved? Because they measured their salvation by the money they had. Like we as Christians today say we have the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God that we have inside us is the seal of our salvation. Money and prosperity was the seal of their salvation. We are prosperous so the rich can definitely be saved. But if the rich cannot be saved, who can then be saved? When Jesus said it's very difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. So, what he's saying here is, he's saying that money's voice over the poor or over the rich is always unrighteous. It's unrighteous. So, when Jesus says to the Jews, he says, I'm taking away your stewardship because you were saying, because I've prospered you, because I've blessed you financially, you call yourself the blessed people of God, you call yourself the righteousness of God because of these things, and then when you look at the poor, you say, Cursed, a dog is licking his wounds. You know, cursed, a dog is licking his wounds. You're not even allowed to touch a dog. Here a dog comes and licks your wounds. It's a sign of God's rejection. So your poverty is a sign of God's rejection. What is that? It's the, the, the judgment is unrighteous. For a righteous judgment would say, all are sinners, all fall short of the glory of God. Jesus came, Jesus became sin for all, took away the sin of all, and gave righteousness as a free gift unto all. That is a righteous judgment wherein Jesus is made our righteousness. So now he says to these Pharisees and to these Jews, he says, listen, your stewardship is taken away from you. The only way you can now enter into a place where there is blessedness is if you can make friends of unrighteous mammon. How is that? Right off the debt you think the others have. You feel that the poor is indebted to God. You feel he owes God obedience. You feel he owes God all these things. Write all of that off. He's not actually even talking about money at all. He's talking about a belief. He's talking about what you believe about the poor and what you believe about yourself. You know, as pertaining to the blessing or the voice of money. So tell the poor, tell the poor, you know, that you don't have debt anymore. Let the poor say, I'm the blessed of God. Let the gospel be preached to the poor. What is the gospel? The good news that says your Lord reigns and that you can now uh, call upon that name wherein you say, I'm willing to be surnamed with the name of God for there's enough proof that I belong to God even in the midst of my poverty for money can never be the voice anymore. Neither anything in Deuteronomy 28. Now I find Jesus as the only truth about my life. Glory to God. Well, I don't know if you enjoy this message, but my goodness. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. This is the good news of God. Glory to God. So, um, he says to them, even, you know what? He says to the Jews, he says, guys, you've always been the people that handled the oracles of God. 
but now that is taken out of the way it's not the you're not going to do that anymore this the true one to whom these oracles was written is coming to fulfill it he's taking it unto him he's fulfilling this and your stewardship is taken away from you you use this law to benefit yourself looking down on others you know looking down on the poor looking down on you didn't have mercy you should have done the law plus you should have committed the more weighty matters of the law as well you didn't have love you didn't have mercy you didn't have kindness you didn't have any of those things you were just using this law to benefit yourself calling yourself the blessed because of the law so now there's a way out for you since the stewardship is taken away you can still be in a place where I can praise you this is what you can do go and preach the good news to the Gentiles go and preach the good news to the poor tell all people their sins has been taken away their guilt has been taken away you know what will happen then Jesus will be put in a good light you know because if you come and tell you know you tell somebody your master has written off your debt how will they feel about the master they will feel oh my goodness the master is good so go and make let the people see the master is good let them hear their debt is written off see the see the the man that you always saw as the poor and the cursed see him see him as one that you can live with that you can co-dwell with the only place you can ever see that is in the finished work of Jesus Christ my friend and this is what he's saying and Jesus goes further and he paints a vivid picture explaining to them and he says there was a rich man who had five brothers which talks about uh, a certain Jewish tribe which was the beloved tribe you know and he um, he says this rich man had a beggar at his or poor man you know at his gates the wounds were were licked by the dogs and then the poor guy died and the angels angels talks about the messengers or the message carried him to the bosom bosom of Abraham the heart of Abraham why the heart of Abraham for he belonged to Abraham why because he believed he was a believer that's what it talks about and here was a man that was of the perfect tribe which was rich and blessed according to the law but the fact that he was from the perfect tribe couldn't take him to the bosom of Abraham for the bosom of Abraham is not contained in ethnicity but it's contained in belief and I believe that God said he'll bless me then he will this is what the Bible says you know that um, God, we need to believe that God justifies the ungodly that he can bless the ungodly with immortality and life when you believe that your faith is accounted to you for righteousness and you're carried into the bosom of Abraham glory to God but where was the rich man carried to he was carried into hell into torment and into torture now I do believe you know that there is heaven and there is hell but let's talk about that in today's sense when we live in the law when we live in I am by how rich I am I am by how I obey you know this this voice of mammon and, and I take the dictation that mammon has got over me where will I end I will end in torture and then in that torture you would say can I not find any relief inside this torture no you cannot send somebody from the faith side over to your side and bring relief inside your side there's no way there's no release there's no relief in the law and even I believe after we've passed away there is no way out of that death so here we find even the mentality of the rich man stick with him the law mentality stick with him listen to what he says he says to Abraham he says Abraham send Lazarus 
to go and tell my brothers that they will not come here. That they will not live, what is he actually saying? That they will not try and be stewards that take the law to their own advantage. But they can say, by this law I'm a sinner. And this law is written for another man. It is not written for a special nation. You know wherein we are special because we have the law. It was not written to us. Let me say this again. We must realize that in the Jewish system, they believed that they were very special because God gave them the law. They believed that they had the best set of rules that any nation ever had unto life. They were even evangelizing other nations to come and follow the system God gave them, for that was seen as the way unto life, for they believed God gave it to them that they could have life by it. So if you would come to a Jew and tell them, you're just a steward of what's another man's. This is not yours. It doesn't belong to you. It actually belongs to Jesus. Jesus has got to come and fulfill that law. And when He fulfills that law, whosoever believes on Him like Abraham believed would have life. They would laugh at you. They would ridicule you. you know, but that's what Jesus said. That is what that passage says. That passage cannot be connected to giving money to the local church. It, if we do it that way, we are just wrong. Well, I need to end off this message. Um, let me, let me end it off by just going a little bit more into the rich man and Lazarus and what the rich man actually said. The rich man, he lived inside law. He lived inside, I, I'm, I am what I do. He was still flooded with the wisdom of Satan even while he was in hell. This is what he said. He said, send Lazarus that if he's raised from the dead, then my brothers will believe because he's raised from the dead. Then, G, then uh, uh, Abram said to him, listen, they have got... Moses and the law. If they cannot believe Moses and the law, how will they believe by something much weaker, which is a, somebody raised from the dead? You know? So what they were actually saying is what was told to Jesus when Jesus was in the desert. Do a miracle, and if there's a miracle, you can know you the Son of God. Do a miracle, and then these people by a miracle will know, you know, and believe by the miracle. But they cannot believe what Moses said. If you really believe what the law says, you'll believe Jesus, for the law speaks of Jesus. You will not try to do the law to be saved. You will not try to do the law to be righteous. You will say, this law declares me not the blessed. You know, this law declares me as a sinner. It empowers sin in my life. And if I correctly apply this, it will just manifest a lot of sin in my life. But I know as well that this was written to our Savior. It was written to a man to do it and fulfill it, to be the tithe, to be the scapegoat, to be the lamb that was slain, to be the first fruit offering, to be the snake upon the cross, to be all those things to be the, the blood at the posts, to be the door, to be all those things. And He shall bring me salvation. That's what you will, that's if you really, really read the law. You know, the people even wrote the law. They were waiting the Messiah. But these people came later on, enriched themselves in the law, made themselves special because the law was given to them, not faithful in what is another's, enriching themselves in another's. Therefore the stewardship is taken away. The true the, the one, now not even a steward anymore, the owner of that message comes, he fulfills it, and now we've got a glorious gospel to preach to people. Amen. Well, I don't know if this touches your life, but it touches mine, and I know this is radical and will stretch your brain, but go and think upon this. Go and meditate upon this. This brings freedom. It will take away the whole condemnation thing. You know, so if you are faithful, if you cannot be faithful in money, in other words, how, are we, how will we be faithful in, 
in what is another man's. I've just explained that. How will we be faithful in unrighteous mammon? Faithfulness in unrighteous mammon is when we can make friends with it, where we don't make enemies with it. And what I mean by that is the rich man and Lazarus, he saw Lazarus as his enemy. He wasn't his friend. Why? Because money declared me blessed and money declared you cursed. He lived by the law. So if we can be faithful with that money, faithfulness in, 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 in money is declared as writing the man that you think is indebted to God's debt off. That's what the Apostle Paul did. Glory to God. And then Jesus would go to him and say, you know, you've done wisely. This is wisdom. It is wise. Glory to God. But the children of the light... You know, we are so of the light in the sense of, you know, we are so into what's right and wrong that we cannot even think of writing off someone else's debt. But the person that can come with a message of your debt has been taken away. You are faithful in what is least. You are faithful in saying, I'm not living by the law anymore. This law system is the least. If we can be faithful in that, if we can be faithful in not following the voice of mammon, you know, and then we will be entrusted with the true riches, which is life and eternal life. We will not live in the torture of hell, but we will live in the blessedness of entering the bosom or the faith of Abraham and receive the blessing promised Abraham, which was righteousness as a free gift, which was blessedness and life and immortality. Glory to God. Well, guys, that is what I wanted to share with you. If you guys have any questions, please feel free to send it um, to us. You know, just send it to infodynamicministries.com. Uh, also, I've shared this with our web pastors last night. If you want to um, contact any web pastor for prayer or, um, you know, just to be encouraged, please do so. Just go to our page where it says, uh, you know, web fellowship on the top left-hand corner of our, of our uh, website and then you will see there, meet the pastors. You can contact any of the pastors. I trust most of them are slotted in live right now and will be able to help you. So thank you so much. You are the blessed of God. I also want to thank you as we were talking about finances. I want to thank everybody that gives towards Dynamic Love Ministries. Thank you for your faithful giving. Um, if it's much or if it's little, it really helps. It uh, enables me to preach the gospel the way I do, that I don't have to go and do a normal job, that I can preach this message and reach people the way I'm doing it. Uh, thank you so much for being part of this team uh, in your giving as well. God bless you and uh, I'll see you guys again then on next Sunday. God bless.
Jesus to the 